0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the MPPA alumni series. I'm your host, Barthas Suraj. As an Indigenous student, Megan Lewis emphasizes the importance of getting involved in the Ryerson community. Megan graduated in 2018 and was a recipient of a Hydro One Scholarship. She shares her thoughts about the program as an Indigenous student and talks about her work at the Canadian Roots Exchange, which is a national Indigenous youth charity. Megan is currently a Policy and Research Manager at CRE. So hi, Megan. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. So grateful for your time. Yeah, I'm happy
1: to be here.
0: So just a bit of a background. I know that you work at CRE, which is the Canadian Roots Exchange uh, National Indigenous Youth Charity, which I will ask you to get into more detail about later. And I also learned that you are an uh, sorry an Indigenous student, and we will talk about that as well. But before we get into Let's start off with the basics. How about you tell the listeners a bit about your background and what led you to the MPPA program?
1: Sure. So, um, I grew up in like really rural New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. I wasn't really connected to uh, my indigenous roots. My reserve is Tyndenaga Mohawk Territory, which is in Ontario about it was like two and a half hours outside of Toronto, mm-hmm. and eventually my family moved to Ottawa. And I started to, you know, learn more about my history, ask my dad more about, you know, like his family and what it meant to him to be Indigenous, and really started to figure that out more for myself. And so when it came time to choosing an undergraduate degree, I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but it was time to go. So I applied to um, Ryerson actually for my undergrad as well in a child and youth care, and I learned a lot. I did a lot of really, um, really cool like, work opportunities on, in like, frontline organizations, but I really started to recognize that there was a huge disconnect between the people who were developing the policies and the people who were actually implementing them on the ground. And so I actually became more interested in learning about how to write those policies, how to implement them, and how to impact change when it came to those. So um, when I was finishing up my undergraduate degree, I decided to do a little bit of a shift, and that's why I applied to the Masters of Public Policy and Administration.
0: Okay, so you went right from undergrad to to your Masters, and what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2018, so two years ago now. Okay, Wow. okay, so recently, and you were a full-time student? Yes. Okay. And did you end up doing an MRP?
1: I did, yes. I did do an MRP. It was a wild experience. <laughs> um, it was my first, you know, real research, um, I guess, paper that, that was really substantial. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely not going to lie a big challenge for me, but I learned so much from it. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up expanding on what I was interested in when I did my undergraduate uh, major research which was um, at the time it was specifically looking at you know the quality of education that child and youth care programs provided about indigenous people and knowledge and history. And so when it came time to do my master's research, I wanted to dig deeper into that and look at how the quality of education in child and youth care um, can impact the quality of care that children and youth receive. And so how it could impact the you know the number of first nations children represented in child welfare and how post-secondary education could actually impact change if they do things better. So yeah, I did do an MRP and I finished it. <laughs> but yeah.
0: <laughs> That's good. And did you also do a
1: co-op? Yes, yeah. I worked, um, so when I started my masters, I was doing um, work with the federal government. And so when it came time to do my co-op, I was able to use the job that I already had as my placement. Um, So I was working with the Public Health Agency of Canada at the time, and I went from the program department to um, policy after that so yes.
0: Okay so th- th- it was a pretty easy shift uh, you would say? Yeah
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: So and um, did you do the co-op and MRP at the same time or did you split them? up?
1: I did do them at the oh, same okay. time.
0: <laughs> Tell us I wouldn't always that. recommend
1: would that. <laughs> Yeah it was yeah I guess I just didn't realize how much work maybe it would be at the time but it taught me very good time management (laughs) and also I think the job that I had um, learning about how to you know write policies and create policies and impact change with the government played well into the types of research I was doing for my for my master's so doing it all at the same time though it was challenging I think it actually ended up in a way making it easier as well because it kept me like constantly researching and learning the whole whole
0: process. Right, and you must have had some kind of expectations coming into programs, or uh, was did you just know, you just wanted to stay at Ryerson?
1: Yeah, so I applied to a couple different universities. Um, I did have, you know, a really good experience at Ryerson in my undergrad, and I love Toronto, so I did know that I wasn't going to leave Toronto, which already, you know, kind of limits your options to yeah. two or three schools. Um, but I really, from my undergrad experience, I met a lot of profs and like administrators and people who really wanted me to kind of go outside the box. And I don't like to necessarily follow the strict rules that like academia has, especially when it comes to indigenous research. Mm -hmm. So when it came time to deciding what school to go to, Ryerson was a better fit because I knew that it would provide me with the same kind of experience I had in my undergrad and my masters, where if I said, you know, I'm allowed to cite elders as, you know, actual academic citations, I would get less of a pushback. Um, And also using my my best example is my ability to use I and talk about my story and personal um, experiences in my master's research, which is often kind of frowned upon because you're supposed to, you know, be completely um, non-biased. and You're not supposed to include your personal opinion, but Indigenous research is about you and about your opinion. And obviously we're still keeping it academic but incorporating those you know indigenous ways of research and methodologies was um, vital for me to want to even complete my master's so that's kind of why ryerson felt like a better fit for me
0: right right that that's actually really incredible i didn't even think about there even like something as simple as references uh, mm-hmm. i i would have never thought of that but i'm so glad that you brought that up let's talk about the hydro one scholarship I know you were a recipient of that. So what was the process like? And for those who don't know, what is it?
1: Yeah, so I actually, I didn't know about it when I applied. Um, So I learned about it once I was accepted to the program and I was told, you know, the process, it was, um, you know, really straightforward, but also lengthy at the same time, you know, you had to write a letter. We had to get, um, I believe I had to get three um, letters of recommendation um, and it's about, Um, It has to do with your, you know, your academic involvement, academic qualifications, your grades, you know, there's not that many indigenous students in the program I would have to have, you know, lots of competition just because that would mean that there was a lot more representation um but it was i was really grateful to receive that it provided a lot of financial support for me while i was completing my master's and helped me work you know slightly less only sticking to one job while i was working um, living in toronto is is not cheap so it was also a big help with that so yeah no i'm, I'm very grateful for for that scholarship
0: yeah and i feel like i can Kind of pick out what your favorite courses might have been but you won't <laughs> tell the listeners <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so i mean it was two years ago so i might not get the names correct but um obviously i i really enjoy topics on you know diversity and indigenous inclusion and so i i really enjoyed the um, the class with panelometer who is the only Indigenous prof in the program. Um, She just has such a wealth of knowledge and just teaches you things in a way that you actually can put them in the real world and not find that a lot of, you know, academic classes don't necessarily show you. And though the theories and the history and the laws and all that stuff is so important, learning how to actually make impacts with that information out in the real world is, I think, something that um, she does so many a favorite. Um, I really enjoy Um, public policy and administration like 101 or something like that Um, because the first of all it was another practical course Um, I am always more interested in that like real-world experience how you can actually make changes with what you learn and so that class also allowed us to do case studies on things that mattered to us it was less like restrictive of you know you must select a topic about this and so on so yeah that was another one and there was also a a class on uh, can't exactly remember what it was called but it was um a, like an urban studies kind of class
0: with yes, yes. yes. urban I governance Duffy. yeah yeah
1: yeah because I had never like all the focus is typically on you know like provincial or federal or also just kind of abstract so it was nice that that was a class that really got into um you know where you actually right. live and how it impacts you know everything that's around you and also bringing in guest speakers I think is is really important, which I think those three classes may have been some of the only ones that did that. And bringing people in who actually work in the field that you're interested in, or in the topics that you're learning about, makes a makes a big difference in helping you to relate to it more.
0: Right, definitely. And so you mentioned that uh, your co-op and before the co-op even, you were working in the federal government. How did you end up finding the Canadian Roots Exchange, uh, and how what is your position now?
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, while I was finishing my master's or I guess
0: 2017
1: to 18, 18 to 19, I'm trying to remember when I even did this. Well, yeah, so while I was finishing my master's, I was looking for opportunities to get involved in the Indigenous community outside of school, Um, you know. I found myself while completing university, almost everything that I was involved in was at the university and so I really wanted to make sure that when I left, I didn't also leave all of these different opportunities behind. So um, Canadian Roots Exchange came up um, on my radar and they have this program called the Youth Reconciliation Initiative. And so I applied to be a part of the Toronto group for that. And so I volunteered with them for a year. Mm -hmm. And when I finished that, I was still working at the federal government but they had been going through a period of growth and so they had a lot of job opportunities come up and I was looking to, you know, like try something new, right. get more responsibility, um, just move along in my career a little bit from The regional offices which sometimes don't have a lot of opportunities um, just because in the federal government most people work in Ottawa and so the regions have less um, less space for growth. So um, I applied to be the policy and research manager at CRE and That's where I've been now for I guess just over a year.
0: Wow, okay Policy research manager and for those who don't know what what are some tasks or projects uh, CRE is working on currently? Yeah,
1: so my personal role um, is specifically with the Centre for Indigenous Policy and Research which is something we kind of came up with last fall when I started and the goal was really to create um, a national centre that prioritizes youth policy development and research to support Indigenous-based reconciliation actions in Canada Mm -hmm. and we're really looking to increase the capacity for Indigenous youth to influence policy change and produce innovative research without all of the restrictions that often come with that Um, And so really creating like a safer space that is indigenous focused Mm -hmm. that will allow them to really flourish and become the leaders that we know that they're all meant to be or in in most cases they already are. Um, So one program that we um, we're really proud of is the Indigenous Youth Policy School. And so we developed that in response to the lack of information around, you know, policy and navigating the complicated government systems. that prevent youth from impacting change in their communities. So this school is a nine month program for indigenous youth ages 18 to 29. Um, there's no um, no tuition, there's no academic requirements. It's really just, you know, you are indigenous, you're within our age requirements and that you're interested in impacting, um, you know, policy issues that matter to them. And I think this program has been really cool because it's helped us kind of debunk what policy is because I don't know about you, but like if people ask me what policy is, it's such like a such a big question and sometimes yeah. it's really hard to answer. How do you so think the the,
0: the it's changing basically?
1: Yeah. Exactly. So with the youth in the policy school, I feel like it's helped me to like better understand policy myself and like we're learning from each other um, every class and every month and it's really just gone to show that policy really is just do you care about something do you want to impact change like policy can help you do that yeah. and so making it something that's more exciting and more accessible and actually about showing youth that um, if they want to make a change then there are tools to help them do that and we just want to be a small small part of that for them
0: right and then going from the federal government to, to working for a nonprofit. um, the skills that you need, would you say the program help enhance those skills? And if so, what are a few key skills that you feel no matter where you go, if you're working public policy, research, whatever you need it?
1: I think the biggest one is writing, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, it's every job you have, you need to have good writing skills. And I think going through um, the program at Ryerson, specifically it just you know you obviously have so many opportunities to write but you also get a lot of really great feedback. like i was actually a little bit surprised how many profs actually took the time to tell you what you needed to change or what you needed to work on and gave you critiques that were actually constructive. Yes. And being able to take those and actually do better the next time and seeing how you are improving over time has really helped me to, first of all, like, receive feedback in a really productive way and know how to make changes so that we can, like, do better next time. But working in policy and research, writing is so key. And doing it in a succinct way, I think, is, is so important. So that was kind of one of the main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think going through my master's at Ryerson as the only indigenous student at least self-identified indigenous student in the program of my year. I became kind of more of an advocate throughout that and so it wasn't like always for positive reasons right you know like it would be great if there was more representation and more inclusion but having spaces where I felt comfortable enough to you know speak my truth and talk about why I think there's you know some issues in the in the program or in classes or really engage in difficult discussions with students um, and faculty who hadn't had these um, opportunities before helped me in the workplace to be able to be an advocate and and like a professional and really you know, I think in, a, in an effective way where I can actually get messages across in a way that's heard, and yeah. that I think was a skill that I learned from the program that was really, really helpful
0: right. for me in my career now. Right, and I really like the fact that they ask, they continuously push and ask for any kind of feedback, um, Indigenous mm-hmm. or not just students in general, and just to be able to hear yeah. do you. Do you think that? They did a good job in taking those pieces of advice and working on uh, some of the things you might have mentioned throughout the year while you were at the program.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the folks who were in like the you know department head roles, I think they just they were among like the best. Like they really heard what you had to say and they wanted to do something about it. And even now, because. You know i maybe talked a little bit too much or gave my opinion a little too much i'm still involved with the program because of that and i'm like you know i've seen carolyn do a lot of work to make sure that while she's there this work is pushed forward and she's involving like voices of like current students and past students and both indigenous and non-indigenous voices as well which i think is a really important piece because All the indigenous faculty and students want change, but it's everyone else who you need to get on board. So making sure that everyone's voice is in the room and and pushing for progress was really good to see. And it's a short program, right? So seeing the changes within the year I was there maybe didn't happen, but then seeing how they're still happening after I've been gone for for now, I guess, two years is, is really cool to see that. Like, right. things can change, right. and that's what's fun about policy, right? Like, that is that is like a policy change, and it's, it's exciting.
0: Right, right. So, and would you have any advice for new students, especially Indigenous students looking into this program, any advice?
1: Yeah, well, for Indigenous students specifically, I think you know, the program's still not there and making sure that there's a lot of Indigenous folks in the room. So finding community outside of like the program, um, especially if they're new to Ryerson or new to Toronto, um, accessing the services on campus and you know building your network is a really helpful way to make sure that you're still connected to community in such a big like, urban center as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think generally, You just have to go into it with like confidence like everyone starts the program in such different places and a lot of folks maybe come from policy or come from health or whatever it might be and then there's some of us who come from really random programs and people are like why are you coming into policy um but just like go into it and be confident because you know it's it's no like small feat to get into graduate programs and to complete them and giving yourself credit and not give not being too hard on yourself i I think is key i think doing my master's really helped me actually end up being a much more calm person yeah. <laughs> um, because it can be really stressful.
0: So, do you want to tell us a favorite memory before we end off the discussion? Something you think back to the program, makes you laugh or smile. Maybe it's people you met or something funny that happened. Anything.
1: I guess one thing that I think of um, is, you know, how academia sometimes can be so Similar, like everything's kind of the same, you get assignments, you have to read a lot, you have to write, and then you hope for the best.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: so while taking Pam's class, um, not only did, you know, she teach in a different way and have a lot of, you know, really unique experiences to teach us, but um, the types of projects that she had us do Um, one in particular um, was kind of a bit of like a mock trial where you know dealing with real life issues we had to learn how to research and defend our point and make a case and that was something that was really impactful because it showed you you know you might be so confident in your research but it's not always about that it's about understanding the whole context and understanding you know about the organizations you might be researching or the people that you might be talking about and i think what it taught me is is really to step outside of academia sometimes um, to make it more effective and that's something that I really always like kind of carry with me as I'm going through you know teaching students in the policy school or bringing like talking to colleagues about how we can improve our curriculum is how we can make something more impactful for the students and show them that You don't always have to follow like very strict rules to make an impact and make change. So that's something that I really, um, really enjoyed about the program and still remember from it. Um, You know, aside from that, it's a small cohort, like it's a pretty small group each year, which I think is really important for me. Like that's something that I really appreciated about it because you really get to know who's in your program. And so throughout the year, you know, you get really close with folks and you learn how to support each other. And, you know, if you have to miss classes, you can help each other out. Or if you're struggling with assignments, there's always someone that you know is kind of in the same boat as you. And it really helps to make it more of a community within that program. Um, Unlike undergraduate programs, they're typically quite large and you kind of just see the same people um, all the time, but you don't really get close to anyone. I think in um, this program specifically, it, it really, was different just because of the size of the group and um, how everybody was there for different reasons. But also you were still kind of following a similar path.
0: Right, right. Those are yeah, those I think are, are what make the MPPA uh, program pretty unique. I like the small cohort. And then mm. uh, I really like how it's not just theoretical, they make it very mm. practical. You mentioned before having yeah. the speakers in um, and just doing tasks that you would in the real world uh, in your job. So I want to thank you so much for your time. I'm sure future students, especially Indigenous students listening to this uh, episode can definitely benefit from your experiences and what you have to say. And I hope in the future, the program does incorporate more Indigenous students so everyone has a chance to get get to know more, learn more and have more exposure. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, thank you. Well, everyone, I would like to end the episode here. I hope this episode was useful, especially for those Indigenous students looking into the program. Stay tuned until next time.